You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. My guests today are sisters, and when I think about their childhood, I imagine one full of the most amazing imaginative play and storytelling. Kate Forsyth and Belinda Morell are both authors who, as it turns out, come from a line of writers dating back to their great-great-great-great-grandmother, who wrote Australia's first children's book. Together, Kate and Belinda set out to find more about their famous ancestor and to learn how much of her legend they heard growing up was true. Their book together is called Searching for Charlotte. Hello, Kate and Belinda. Welcome. Hello, Siobhan. Hello, Siobhan. Lovely to be here. It's so great to have you. Um, Now, first of all, I'll start with you, Kate. This sounds like such an incredible project and journey to do with your sister. Has it made you closer as siblings, do you think? You know, Siobhan, I wouldn't have thought it was possible for Blend and I to be closer because we've always been so close. In fact, someone yesterday asked us if we were twins. (laughs) (laughs) But I have to say that the whole experience of working on a book together, the challenges, the joys, the journey that we took with our daughters to the UK to do our research, it was a a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And I think that we are probably... Uh, not probably, we are definitely closer than we have ever been. And that just makes me so happy because it's been such a wonderful voyage of discovery for both of us. Belinda, I just imagined what I thought your childhood together would have been like. What was it really like? It was exactly like that. We grew up in a big house full of books and full of animals and we just read lots of books. We played lots of imaginative games, including lots of fighting with swords up and down the stairs, (laughs) getting dressed up in cloaks and ball gowns and my mother's best clothes and getting into trouble for for dressing up in her her best clothes instead of um, in our play clothes. So, yes, we had a wonderful childhood. We were so lucky. And you're both writers. I know your brother's a writer as well, although it's different kind of writing, it's nonfiction. Tell me about storytelling in your family, Kate. Is that something that um, is was intrinsic to the way you operated as a family? Like did your parents tell stories and your grandparents tell stories? They absolutely did, Siobhan. You know, we always say that we come from a long line of storytellers. Um, And by that, I mean that everyone in our family loves to tell a good story, um, is probably prone to romantic embellishment to make it a perfect story. One of our our family mottos is, why let the truth stand in the way of a good story? (laughs) And we were brought up with all sorts of different types of stories about about myth and history, but also about our own family. It was um, our ancestors have always seemed very real to us because we've always known so much about them. I must admit, reading this book, I found that such an intriguing idea because I'm not sure how common that is for pe- for people in Australia to feel so closely connected and to know their history. Belinda, do you think it's unusual that you guys had such a strong sense of where you'd come from? 
Possibly. I think I think you might be right because I do talk to other people and they say, your, your family sounds so fascinating and so different. And I'm thinking, well, I'm sure everybody else has these wonderful stories as well. And when you start talking to people and they start um, remembering things, then um, what, you know, stories their grandparents might have told them or their parents might have told them, then these family stories come out and they get very excited about sharing them too. So I think it's so important to share family stories through the generations. Do you think maybe, um, and okay, I'm going to pull out my little romantic flair here, but do you think that it's almost part of your genetic makeup that way back when Charlotte first started writing and sort of recording what she was seeing, she started something in your family that has meant these stories stayed alive? I think that's what's really fascinating um, about our family is that Charlotte was not the first writer in the family. Oh, right. There were other, many other writers. Um, you know, the Waring's were famous for the writing gene. And so Charlotte's um, had, had cousins and um, uncles who had published books that, as far as we can go back, there's poets, journalists, scholars, authors in our family line. Now, another part of this book that I love is, as you mentioned, you both went overseas to do some research in England and yes. you took your daughters with you. Yes. Belinda, was that a conscious choice to take the girls with you? Absolutely, because I think both Ella and Emily have this sense of, of, of being descended from Charlotte as well. They're so incredibly proud, not only of Kate and I as, as being authors and writers, but also this sense that they've, they've come from a very long line of writers. So for them to go back and follow in Charlotte's footsteps was just such an adventure. They loved it. For them, it was like a treasure hunt. They got so involved in it and absolutely, absolutely loved it. They, it was a life highlight. I don't mean to interrupt, but I must say it did sound like you got very wet during your research. Yes, England, <laughs> summer, it rained <laughs> constantly. <laughs> but you persevered, which is the main thing. We did. Kate, when you were researching this book, um, both overseas and back here, I'm sure it must have, you must have had many sort of poignant moments when you were reading certain things about your family history and about Charlotte, are there any that stand out to you? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'll actually share a little anecdote with you. Um, Linda and her husband, Rob, were over here with um, my husband and I having dinner one night. Of course, we were talking about Charlotte. And Belinda had just been doing this huge amount of research into the lives of the next generation and what had happened with us, and in particular to our great-great-great-grandmother, Charlotte Elizabeth, and told me that her son had died when he was just, I think, 19 years old. And both Belinda and I had 19-year-old sons, and we're sitting at the dinner table crying, both of us. And my husband said, how can you be crying over people who died so many years ago? And, you know, we just had to say to him, the thing is we've spent the past two, three years living, you know, researching Charlotte's life. Our ancestors are real people to us now and we were grieving for them as if we, as if we knew them. Yeah, that is so interesting. It's like when you watch the um, show Where, Did I, Where Do I Come From and you can see the impact finding out just personal details of people's stories have a deep impact on those um, in the present day. Belinda, is there a moment like that that stands out for you? 
I think one of the absolute highlights of our research was going into the Mitchell Library and we'd been researching for quite a while independently but Kate and I went in together to the Mitchell Library to dig through the dusty archives and boxes had been down there for oh, probably a century. And, <laughs> um, we, I just on a hunch I pulled up um, a sketchbook which had been attributed to Charlotte's son James John and I thought oh he's only a teenager it couldn't be terribly interesting but let's have a look at it. And when we opened it, we discovered that it was actually Charlotte's own work and um, we had seen her sketches before so it was easy to recognise her handwriting and her style. And as we went through it, we I opened, turned the page and there was this beautiful, exquisite um, portrait of a woman and she was wearing a plaid cloak. And we're in the Mitchell Library, which, of course, everyone is silent, and I scream out loud and I said, <laughs> Kate, she's wearing a plaid cloak. And, of course, um, the, the, the family stories, the oral history, but also Charlotte's own own journal, Shipboard Journal, talked about her being wrapped in James's plaid cloak on a couple of occasions, once when he saved her life just before he asked her to marry him. So it's a very important symbol of their courtship. So finding this long-lost sketchbook, realising what it was and finding this self-portrait of Charlotte that nobody knew existed, to me that was just an incredible discovery. Now I have to ask you both this question, um, starting with you, Kate, a lot of your work is reimagining fairy tales and reimagining the lives of women in particular at certain points of history. This book is a non-fiction because you're um, going through the research. It's, it's following your steps as you discover more about Charlotte. Are you tempted to write a fiction novel about her life? Well, um, I'll answer the first part of the question for me, and then I'll let Belinda answer the second part of that question as mm-hmm. a slightly different answer. So, um, first of all, yes, a lot of my work is um, I'm drawn to discovering and telling the stories of women who've been forgotten by history, unfairly forgotten mm-hmm. by history. And so a lot of my historical novels um, are, are dealing with these brilliant, clever women who loved and lived and um, struggled and sorrowed and wrote or told stories and you know because of the kind of gendered way that literary history works their their achievements were not really properly reported and so coming to me writing this book about my ancestor is an extension of work that I've always done which has been really really important to me and it's mm. all about the power of storytelling to cross generations and to cross geographies as well, how storytelling binds us together as humans. So I personally have never wanted to tell this story as fiction. I always knew that I that this was a book that we wanted to do to celebrate her life and to, to allow her true voice and her own time to shine through really, really strongly. Nonfiction or what we are calling a an intimate biography was by far the best genre for us to tell this particular story. But I'm now going to throw it to Belinda because Belinda has a different answer to that question than I do. Oh, that's exciting, Belinda. 
Well, I actually have written um, a fiction novel based on the life of the Atkinsons. So Kate and I went to a dinner a few years ago and we were asked to speak because the Children's Book Council of Australia had decided to name an award in Charlotte's honour and they asked us to come to speak at the dinner to explain a little bit about Charlotte's life and why she was um, so important as the first children's author in Australia. And so Kate and I spoke about her life and when we finished we were mobbed by all these people saying, oh, you must write a book about her. You must write a book about her. <laughs> and so Kate and I were going home in the taxi and this, it, it just, uh, I'd been talking with my publisher. I write um, a lot of books for children, but I had been writing a series of um, historical novels for older readers um, about Australian women and about um, the lives of Australian women and children throughout different periods of history. And we'd been talking about doing a 19th century, perhaps a literary figure. And I turned to Kate in the cab and I said, I'm just thinking that um, Charlotte's life would fit perfectly into this idea we've been playing at. Would you mind if I wrote the story of Charlotte's life for children? And Kate turned to me and said, oh, what a wonderful idea. That would be wonderful. I'd love you to do that. So I wrote the book in 2012 and it came out in 2013 and it's studied in lots of schools around Australia. But it's only a very short part of her life. So it's really the 1840s, around about the time she wrote her children's book and around about the time she fled Oldbury. So it it is quite a short period of time, but I loved writing that book. So I had already done a lot of research into Charlotte's life before Kate and I started. So it was a real joy to do, to embrace this research again with Kate. Um, Now, if I could um, go a little bit tangential here, the book cover is pretty exceptional on this. I'm sure you'll agree with me there. Stunning. (laughs) (laughs) It is stunning. It is a beautiful illustration. Um, Belinda, can you tell us about the picture on the front cover of the book? Well, we were so thrilled with the design because what the designer decided to do was to give it this gorgeous, gorgeous 19th century feel, but she used Charlotte's own illustrations. So there, um, unfortunately, a lot of Charlotte's work was destroyed. There was this massive bond fire after her death and so many things were burnt and destroyed but two sketchbooks of Charlotte's were saved and one is still held in the family and this particular sketch on the cover comes from that particular sketchbook the 1843 sketchbook and the other sketchbook is the 1848 sketchbook which we discovered in the in the archives of the Mitchell Library so um, we've loved the fact that they've used Charlotte's own beautiful exquisite illustrations on the cover and throughout the book. Kate, how close to the legend was the Charlotte you found through your research? It is such a fascinating question, Siobhan. When we were little girls, we just used to sit at our grandparents' knees with big wide eyes and lap up everything they told us and we thought it was all absolutely true. (laughs) As we grew up into young women and perhaps came a little more cynical, perhaps, we began to think, oh, look, you know, typical in our family, the glamorization and romanticizing of the story can't be true. But then we, what we discovered is that in actual fact, old history has this extraordinary ability to pass down truths over generations. So a couple of things that we were told, for example, we were told as little girls growing up that one of our ancestors had been a French knight who had travelled to England with William the Conqueror and um, had fought at his side at the Battle of Hastings and was rewarded by being named the Earl of Surrey and given the king's 
the new king's daughter's hand in marriage. <laughs> I loved that story growing up. I always thought that, you know, I know it happened almost a thousand years before I was born, but I thought that one drop of French blood made me very glamorous. <laughs> and in the same day that we discovered the sketchbook in the Mitchell Library, we also found a handwritten family history by Charlotte's daughter, Louisa Atkinson, who was Australia's first Australian-born female novelist. And in this handwritten biography, she told the story that, yes, the Waring family was descended from William de Verin, who was a French knight who fought at the Battle of Hastings with William the Conqueror. So that was oh, wow. incredibly exciting to know. <laughs> I still don't know if it's true or not, but it was certainly handed down to her and then handed down to us. There was, of course, the story of the um, plaid cloak that Charlotte was wrapped in. Now, Belinda had already found a reference to this in Charlotte's own journal, which is held in the National Library of Australia. So we had had known that that family story was true. But to find this self-portrait of her just reinforced the importance of that story in the family mythology. We had heard, for example, that Charlotte wrote more than one book and we have discovered com compelling evidence that she, in fact, wrote more than one, probably three books, and that in one of those books is a story which is the first time that Australia was ever mentioned in a fiction story in the world. Wow. Um, so just all sorts of little discoveries like that have, were incredible and really affirmed to us that in actual fact a lot of the stories that we'd been told growing up were true. Just to reverse the um, way we're looking for a moment, Belinda, what do you think Charlotte would make of this book that you and Kate have done together? That is such an interesting question, Siobhan, because um, on the one hand, when Kate and I were doing the research, we had these incredible discoveries and Kate and I had this funny little thing where we'd say, oh, Charlotte's looking down on us, Charlotte's showing us the way, Charlotte is leading our footsteps because it was so so many serendipitous things happened that could normally shouldn't have happened um, or we discovered things in the most unusual way. But I actually think that Charlotte was a very humble person so I think she would think we were making a big fuss of a big fuss of her. So on the one hand, we believe that Charlotte was showing us the way and helping us to write this book from afar. But on the other hand, I really do think she was a very humble person. And actually, she probably wouldn't have liked to have had her life celebrated in this way. I'm not sure. Kate, has this, um, this research and finding out more about Charlotte, has it changed your own perception of yourself as uh, both a woman and a writer? Well, one of the things that Belinda and I have talked about a lot is how difficult it was for Charlotte to be a mother and to be left alone, a single mother with four young children, and having to struggle to make a living and support her children at a time when it was not considered proper for a woman of her class and education to work, and how much she had to fight to empower her own life and to live her life the way that she wanted to. She fought um, a very 
bitter and very expensive court battle to retain custody of her four children after the death of her first husband. And, you know, she took it all the way up to the Supreme Court of New South Wales and the, you know, justice found in her favour and said that he saw no reason why her children should be taken away from her and put into the care of a strange man they didn't know, that she was clearly capable of raising and educating her own children. And this was such an extraordinary victory for women's rights in this country and indeed in the world. But, you know, Charlotte struggled as a single mother. She struggled to support her children. She's a survivor of sexual violence and domestic abuse. And she struggled through and she, you know, by writing this book, which she created as a gift for her children, a mother's offering to her children, she was able to triumph and win through. She's an incredible inspiration to both me and Belinda and indeed to all the women in my family because whenever we feel completely overwhelmed and we can't struggle on anymore, we think, well, look what Charlotte did. Look how strong she was. Look how resilient she was. We can be that strong too. You know, she's an icon for all women. We we are all women who are struggling, doing our best to raise our families, to love them, to look after them, and then also to carve out spaces for ourselves to live a self-determined life. And Charlotte did that at a time when women didn't have the vote and weren't permitted to go to university and get degrees and weren't allowed to work and have a profession. And she did all that. And so it's a reminder to us, to all women, that we can do it too. But also we've got to keep on fighting to make sure that future generations of women also have the rights and the freedoms that we've all fought so hard and for so long for. Mm. Now, I have deliberately not asked you to explain certain things there that you mentioned about Charlotte's life, because I think we should leave that up to people to read the book and find out for themselves. And there is so much about this story that is wonderful and intriguing and worth reading about. Kate and Belinda, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you, Siobhan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Siobhan. That's Kate Forsyth and Belinda Morell. They're the authors of Searching for Charlotte, the fascinating story of Australia's first children's author. And I'll put links in the notes of this episode for where you can find the book. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you, so if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.